United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Hi. Hi. Um, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and if this episode ends up being named Let's Get Crackalackin', know that it was against my will. Okay, well, if it... And fully, and I do not endorse it, and I do not support it. Okay, well, and my name is Chelsea. Just know that it could have been something as terrible as and simple, therefore awful, as release the Kraken, and at least it wasn't fucking that. Simple is better sometimes, especially when compared to Crackalackin. Crackalackin is giving very much doggo. It's giving very much um, posing with my infinity scarf and thick-rimmed glasses. It's giving very much bacon on everything. It's giving very much handlebar mustache tattoo on your finger so you can go, mmm. Release the Kraken, respectfully. Gives the... We'll just have a plate of fries to share. It's giving the mom who reaches behind trying to swat her kids while pretending she's a good mother on Facebook. You're going to sit here and say a plate of fries for the table doesn't sound good. You're going to look (laughs) me dead in the eyes and say a plate of fries for the table does not sound good. It's giving a mediocre man telling the same joke at a table over and over again because he thinks that people didn't hear him. But the reason why they're actually not laughing is because the joke wasn't funny. It's giving the worst (laughs) Liam Neeson movies. It's just Which is what? Which is The movie what? where he literally says, release the fucking Kraken in Attack of the Titans, a movie that no one has fucking seen because it was so bad. And you want to know who saw it? Me. Because I was trying to be an OG, ride or die for Liam Neeson, and then I had to watch him play fucking uh, Poseidon and go, release the Kraken. And then they had Perseus cut off medusa's head it could now this is now this is making (laughs) sense to me you're projecting a bad movie that you saw yeah and you're projecting i don't know what you're projecting you're projecting that mole on your neck (laughs) no not even bitch you are wow i can't believe that we have really sat during this time where you're projecting some shitty fucking b movie that liam neeson was in dude what was it called Attack of the Titans, I think. Liam Neeson, Poseidon, Wrath of the Titans. Mm. Liam it's Neeson, one of Poseidon. his worst. Yeah, it's one of his worst ranked movies. Dude, you know, I went and saw maybe like last year or something. Uh, um, a Liam Neeson movie with my dad, and it was really bad. He was supposed to, like supposed to have OCD, and he was like a guy who worked for the CIA. And it, the way that they would show his OCD, which was not repeated throughout the movie, so it was just very random. And you were like, "What the fuck?" And it wasn't even explained until three quarters of the way through that he even had OCD. But how they would try to phrase it is the whole camera would shake, and you'd be like. <laughs> Is it zoomed in on something that Liam Neeson was noticing? And you were like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. And then you don't realize it's OCD until he taps his spoon like three times on his coffee cup. And this girl goes, you got a problem? And he was like, yeah, makes me notice things sometimes. And I'm like, this was supposed to be OCD. And it's literally like, 
it's, I would have thought it was like a premonition uh, or something. That's what I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, is he getting kicked out of the CIA because he has a brain tumor? <laughs> like, it was oh so. God. And this was like. Yeah, they should have. He should have uh, raced over to the doorknob and touched it 10 times, spun in a circle and touched it 10 times again, and then gone. Oh, thank God. Now my dad won't die. And yeah. then we all have been like, oh, it's OCD. It was like monk, but with. It's just so, like like so Spidey bad. sense tingling, but they're that doing was, like a like a zoom in. Yes, and I was like, "That's not what the fuck is that?" It was yeah, and then he doesn't even do it the whole time. And the thing that's crazy is like it helps him catch people, but it never slows him down. So it's so unlike OCD because yours does nothing and it hinders you completely. A hundred percent. And I noticed nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Including electrical fires in your house. Well, that's not OCD. That's just not having a sense of smell. I'll blame Um, it to the OCD because maybe if you were checking out what's more, it wouldn't have I will say it is the compulsion. I don't think it's OCD, but there is a compulsion to consistently drink coffee because I don't get a good enough sleep that I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'll just self-medicate. So the only reason why the electrical fire started was I had been trying to make an espresso all day. So I'd plug it in. I'd go to grind the beans and it'd go, 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 pew! and like, I'm like, mm-hmm. come upstairs. <laughs> and you'd be like, let me try again, actually. I'm, exactly. I'd unplug it, plug mm-hmm. it back in, turn it on, go to grind the coffee beans. He'd be like, pew! I was like, get in bag of beans. I go. At one point, though, I did take a leaf out of your book and I just took an extension cord and I extension corded to a different outlet, which worked fine. Yeah. See, look at that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, every day I'm shocked that we're alive. I'm literally shocked. <laughs> literally? And literally figuratively. shocked and figuratively. Electricity <laughs> is harming, causing harm <laughs> to my the, existence. The weakness that we have and mm-hmm. the, the, the dog with a bone-like resilience that electricity has. In its consistency for coming after both you and I. It's like um, Final Destination where death takes on a personality and it's just slithering around. But it's all decisions on our own part. Yeah. Of you with the electrical cord in the bathtub and me of just <laughs> wa- actively watching a socket explode. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Kraken. God damn it. Yeah. Speaking um, of uh, almost dying, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, like we talked about with Liam Neeson movies, uh, the mm-hmm. Kraken is something we have seen across the big screens more than once, with probably the most immediate call to mind being Pirates of the Caribbean. At the time of writing this episode, I knew it was in that terrible Liam Neeson movie, and I couldn't be bothered to look it up, but now we know it was Wrath of the Titans, released in 2012. Also, this is such a lie, because you clearly subconsciously think of that movie first. And yeah, but I couldn't just... remember what it was called. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Well, I was but like, we now know. That, yeah, right now, if I would have been bothered enough to look up the release look Kraken scene. Yeah, so for <laughs> the rest of us, what comes to mind is Pirates of the Pirates, yeah. I should say. And yeah. uh, what comes to mind for you is Liam Neeson. Yeah. So, you know, call it like it is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so naturally, there are plenty of ocean monsters we have covered before, such as the Megalodon. Um, but the Kraken is definitely more feared and noteworthy when it comes to sailing folklore. 
whereas the Meg and other sharks are more more known for their one-and-done bite style. The Kraken took man-eating a step further by devouring an entire ship's crew in one fell swoop. And according to accounts of its horrific attacks, massive schools of fish would follow wherever this graceful giant would swim, which allowed daring fishermen to venture near this fearsome beast, risking it all for one big score. In fact, according to mentalfloss.com, quote, oh, I should have looked up how to pronounce this dude's last name. Bishop Eric Pontompadon wrote Mm. extensively about the Kraken in his 1750s book, The Natural History of Norway. In it, he proposed that this great beast ate a great deal of fish, and therefore his waist must also be fairly fishy. This muddy concoction was allegedly so delicious smelling to other fish that they would come and congregate around it. The kraken could then pounce on its meal and produce more bait, continuing the cycle. Um, so he's saying that because krakens eat a lot of fish because they're giant monsters, they therefore shit a lot of fish and the fish love the fish shit. And so then they eat up the fish shit and that's how it eats more fish. Yeah, it's a circle of life. Jesus Christ. Um, question also. Mm-hmm. Is a kraken just a giant octopus? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because we will get into it 100%. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Can't wait. (laughs) So in the early days of navigation, the sea presented a daunting and perilous challenge. It was vastly unknown, marked by treacherous waters, instability, and above all, inherent danger. Despite these risks, sailors had no choice but to brave the open sea in order to reach their desired destinations. These brave men, um, to these brave men, the depths of the ocean seemed to conceal an array of lurking monsters. Even the most fearless seafarers held a reverent fear of the sea, and the stories they shared gradually evolved into legends, as stories tend to do when passed down through generations. Every encounter with an unfamiliar creature in the vast expanse of the open sea held the potential to acquire a mythical quality. For a monster to become worthy of legendary tales, sheer gigantic size alone was not sufficient. It needed the means of attack and uh, the means of attack uh, to vanquish ships along with their unfortunate crews. Throughout the centuries, countless sea monster legends were born, only to fade into obscurity, with only a handful managing to endure until the present day. The Kraken, standing as one of those enduring legends, is quite possibly the most colossal monster ever imagined by humankind. Its legend originated from the stories of seafarers, but underwent a significant um, modification and amplification over time. From its inception, the Kraken became an integral part of Nordic mythology and folklore. According to an ancient and somewhat obscure manus- manuscript from a Lau- Fucking what is happening? You're having a stroke, dude. Jesus. Let me just take like six gallons of wine real quick. That'll That's a help. problem. I yelled so much on Patreon that I didn't drink my, l- my mouth lube. Yeah, the- definitely the wine will help you for sure. I bet you probably had two french fries and a carrot for dinner today so yeah definitely just keep drinking the wine oh <laughs> unique new york new unique new york unique new york unique new york, unique unique new york. New york. Uh, there you go. And rice man all right now i have a hair in my face now it's all i can think about all she's right. losing it there we're we doing go. it okay. live <laughs> this is a live this is a live show that we definitely have 
the means to edit because we don't record it live. I can clip whatever I want, but I will not do it. So no, don't. You know, that's why I like us. We keep it real. Yeah, it's authenticity. Um, according to an ancient and somewhat obscure manuscript from around 1180, penned by King Sver of Norway. Nice. The Kraken was just one among numerous sea monsters. And another anonymous work called the Saga of Ovar Uldor out of Iceland, <laughs> other monsters are mentioned um, with which shared significant similarities with the Kraken. The Hofgufa and the nice. Lingbacker were colossal creatures who had a propensity for attacking ships and their crews. You know, I can't say Norwegian words without putting my whole shoulders into it, you know? Yeah, you're really letting that blonde pop out. Oh, uh, the sounds of my people. Uh, <laughs> just in 1250, there was actually a Norwegian encyclopedia compiled that further described the characteristics of the Hofgufa and the Lingbacker. Mm-hmm. Which leads many to believe that both creatures are none other than the legendary Kraken itself. Would you, so, <clears throat> do you know the conundrum of the dragon? Tell do me. You know about this? So, I wonder if you could say that the Kraken is similar. So, no one understands why. We would sum it up to synchronicity, right? But um, anthropologists don't understand why every civilization even to as far back as time and paintings began Mm -hmm. people were describing dragons from all regions in all parts of the world especially Mm -hmm. when and even when they were completely unconnected it would be physically impossible for the times and the means for those people to come in contact with each other and share stories and yet every single civilization has a version of the dragon and it is almost unanimous in it in it what it looks like and what it does and no one knows why some people and i think this is so stupid silly dumb some people think that it's like our stupid lizard brain taking all of the um the innate fears that we are born with to be afraid of. And it's what happens when your mind mashes them all together and it creates a dragon. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the things that we we should be fearing for our safety to survive. But I don't think that fully explains it because I, I don't even think if I was to put together all of the creatures and beings that could hurt us as we evolved as humans to, mash up it it would look more like man bear pig than a fucking dragon you know what i mean look more like a fucking man from the internet exactly look like a reddit mod yeah a reddit moderator um (laughs) and so i don't know how they got dragged so Um, i wonder if kraken a kraken is like the same thing it's almost like unanimously all these different civilizations have a version of it um yeah so i actually do have the answer to it but i'm going to give you the um I'm going to give you the conspiracy answer first. And I'm going to give you the actual anthropological answer um, cool. second. So um, I said conspiracy first, right? Conspiracy first. Yes. Predating Atlantis was the legendary, legendary island of Mu. And they had dragons there. And then they took, like, the dragons were the weapons that they had. 
that destroyed the island and thus destroying that like they destroyed their own food supply and the people who took care of him was essentially they took out all the Targaryens, um, thus putting everything in water, everything sunk, and then the dragons cut off their own food supply. But the Mu um, put all of their stuff into the Lemurian crystals, which you can transcribe if you have had um, a past life experience on the legendary island of Mu, which some people have. And then they take that through their generational memories, and then they bring it forth into new cultures. That's a conspiracy answer. The real anthropological answer, Noel, and I'm actually surprised that you don't know this, is um, dragons are real and we killed them. (laughs) (laughs) Or they left. Yeah. The aliens came and got them back. I would leave too if I was them. Yeah. Um, But it is interesting though, because like like you said, like there are things that are present in every culture. And if you don't want it to be dragons, then let's just take the physical evidence of the fucking pyramid, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's why is it Carl Jung says it's a collective consciousness that we all share, which sounds like kind of a hokey pokey thing. I mean, it yeah. can't make sense. Like humans evolve culturally on a similar scale. When- a collective consciousness is too woo woo to explain this. Yeah. Like a collective conscious would maybe be like, um, don't it, don't touch that. It's hot. You'll hurt yourself. Yeah. But like creatures and building formations and rituals that we all have. Uh, it, it's not that doesn't explain it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to realistically, if I were to chalk it up, do I believe dragons existed? Yes. Do I understand? How and in what capacity? No, but I really wish I fucking did. Well, like, isn't a dragon just kind of a dinosaur? Yeah. Because not all of them breathe fire. Yeah, and what, does a dragon have to have wings? Because there were dinosaurs that had wings. Yeah, so. Anyway. It's probably real. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I? Who am I to say a dragon isn't real? Yeah. I I don't know how to balance the debt to my income to make my credit score yeah. skyrocket to the moon That's because like we say these are imaginary things you're so right um, yeah, I, a, a dragon and a kraken are more based in tangible reality to me than a credit score yeah so i mean that's that's it a kraken and a dragon walk into a bar and a credit score will be says, hey, what'll it be? And they'll be like, what the fuck are you? That's the joke. <laughs> Stupid. And, and the, the, that's it. The joke writes itself. <laughs> so dumb. I never that I might actually it. edit out. <laughs> no, you better leave it. That really touched me. That touched me on a metaphysical level because that's how I feel right now. Yeah. That's, how, that's how I feel. That's how we all feel. Where we have, a, we, have we live in a society where... <laughs> <laughs> you actually sounded like Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you Joker so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like I I've been hanging out online. My, yeah, I didn't even hear that with my ears. I heard it with my heart, and it scared. That was like the ASMR Reiki that I was talking about. Dude. <laughs> uh, so you know, I have. We live in a society where people are telling me credit scores are real. Credit scores are real. Credit scores are real, and they're not, and they don't exist, and they don't make any sense, and they they don't live in this realm of reality. And then mm-hmm. here I have dragon paintings from every century of human life, and they're like, "That's made up. I'm gonna die of fear." What? I make see more sense. evidence painted in 
to what we consider artistic history for dragons and have yet to see a credit score. I have yet uh, to see a credit score on a cave painting. <laughs> a credit score is the equivalent of a fucking modern age tulpa. I will yeah. see a credit score standing in the woods in an ominous <laughs> bog fog <with> slender man. <laughs> <laughs> long after i ever see a dragon you know that's what I mean? true you know and it we're getting ready to like manifest the topa because i'm two seconds away from dragging my friends into the woods and killing them for the credit score <laughs> you can like take its powers like the little mermaid you can just be like sign here bitch and like you'll slurp the credit score out of them like a soul and you'll hold it in a seashell necklace and then you'll convince a prince to give you a car at a low interest rate then that's capitalism baby that's capitalism after 1989 i'm just playing the game bruh just playing the game oh my fucking god Um, i can't handle it (laughs) suffering oh fucking Uh, god damn it so anyway uh, anyway uh, anyway uh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> we are not good at pronouncing things, dare I say pronouncing anything, including the words I know, uh, reading from a script that I wrote. Um, mm-hmm. But lucky for us, the moniker of Kraken won out over its hard to pronounce counterparts in terms of culture in history. Thank God. Um, initially, it was described as being the size of an island. But as time progressed, its size shrunk, but its ferocity increased tenfold. Pseudoscientific, cryptozoological, and official naval records contain numerous um, accounts of encounters with the Kraken. These reports detail the creature's method of using its arms uh, to assault a ship, and if this strategy failed, the Kraken would employ a devastating tactic. It'd create a fierce maelstrom comparable or capable of dragging an unfortunate vessel to the ocean's depths. It would do like how you and your friends at the community hot tub and you would yeah. run in circles around to make a whirlpool. That's what it would I saw, do. I almost sent you, I saw the dumbest TikTok and it was just these two guys on a green screen and it was like two friends of the pool and they're running around in a circular above ground pool and they're like, turn around. And then they turn around. They're like, it's too strong. <laughs> and then the TikTok ends. And I wanted to be like, Oliver and Ty. Because <laughs> like, it's two dudes in like unflattering tank tops. <laughs> just, You're too strong, bro. And I was like, oh, I hope I find it again. Because I was like, I hope no, you do as well. This. Yeah. But yeah, I was and like, also, that's everyone making a yeah. world cool. <laughs> yeah. That's another collective unconscious. Yeah. That's another. Synchronicity of humanity yeah. is making the world pool only in an above ground pool. Only. <laughs> so this oh, maelstrom, uh, similar to all of us having fun in circular public pools, um, was the most commonly attributed trait found in Kraken literature, albeit with some variations. But the most common um, purpose or way that it would take uh, carry this out was that it would swim in circular circular motions around the ship to create a deadly vortex. Um, however, like that evolved into the smaller Kraken um, and its original thoughts and renditions. It was so large that the mere act of it submerging itself could trigger this maelstrom, which would drag down any helpless ship in its vicinity, dooming each sailor to a miserable death at sea. Yeah, I believe it. Mm-hmm. 
I've seen some fucking big squids wash up lately. Who's to yeah. say? Who's to say? I'll Who's say. To say? Um, the lore surrounding the Kraken suggests that its immense size may have led to confusion and the misinterpretation of maritime tales involving massive sea serpents. This part kind of blew me away. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to embrace my age and increase the font here. I think that's what's getting um, fucked up. You know what is actually interesting about not just you increasing the font size, but sea serpents. Sea serpents. (laughs) 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 What's the tangent? Go on. Um, Yes, fonts and sea serpents, yes. Like, sea serpents, they, much like... Boomers only being the ones to increase the font size on a document and on their phones. Mm-hmm. Sea serpents have also kind of faded. Like no one's making like shit with sea serpents anymore. They're not in movies. They're not monsters. But like, yeah, that's. But like, I could see a sea serpent drawn on like a Viking ship. I can like yeah. see it in my mind's eye. But like in the pop culture uh, zeitgeist right now, it's like not around. It's not cute. You're right. That's we're due for a sea serpent comeback. Where's a sea serpent movie? That doesn't you know? exist. They're oh, gonna dude. they're gonna give us Nessie and hope that that delicious fucking sorbet of ice cream is gonna satisfy our need for a chocolate sundae. You think Nessie is a sea serpent? No, they're gonna give us a Nessie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is a yeah. delicious sorbet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. hope. That it placates our desire for a banana split. Yeah. Ah! You're so They're right. They're both delicious, but that's not what I was craving. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting how we've had uh, Sharknado and Cocaine Bear and then no Sea Serpent. No, that's interesting to me. Nothing. Hmm. And it's, frankly, I'm fucking fed up to hear about it. Yeah, I am. Okay. Anyway, that was just a realization I had. When's the last time we saw a Sea Serpent? You know, I, I wish I could tell you when, but it's been so long, I have no idea. Yeah, probably when the Vikings started to pillage villages. Yeah. So um, so these sea serpents, described as reptile-like or even dragon-like creatures capable of sinking ships and devouring their crews, have been the subject of numerous seamen's reports throughout history. Official naval records, as well as scientific and cryptozoological research, contain accounts of encounters with these serpentine snakes. And these sea serpents' descriptions often feature an elongated and sinuous body reminiscent of a serpent, which may resemble the swimming posture of krakens, who keep their arms and tentacles close together, creating a serpent-like appearance. So they're dismissing sea dragons and saying it's just a kraken swimming fast. Yeah. See, I hate that. I hate that. I hate it. (laughs) The sailors' observations of eyeless and mouthless heads can be attributed to the glimpses of tentacle clubs or the tips of the Kraken's mantle protruding out of the water level. Hmm. Additionally, the expulsion of water jets from the serpent's mouths, a characteristic often reported corresponds to the squid's use of water jets expelled through their funnel for escape to deter fishermen. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it's, inter- it's interesting, but I still hate it. It's sea serpents. 
were actually the fucking mythical Kraken the whole time. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Right? Because oh, if it's it. like dark or you're in a storm and you see a fucking tentacle come up and it's like, Bleh! like you're not being like, no, I would know. I would know. Different. But if you're fucking hammered and you're just riddled with syphilis. That's true. Like you and I would know. Syphilis was rotting their brains. Yeah. Cause we're educated, albeit functionally illiterate women of the yeah. modern times. Yes. Yes. Uh, you're, t- you're classic woman. Semi-illiterate. So, um, but now, and I know Noelle might want to be one of these people, Noelle, hmm. are going to want to write off the Kraken as just being a giant squid. Uh, yeah, dare, actually. Yeah. Dare I say, that is the equivalent of trying to write off the Megalodon is nothing more than a great white shark. No, well, it's yeah. a big shark. It's a big ass squid, bish. That's what I'm saying. It's not just, well, then a megalodon is just a great white. No, it's a big shark. (laughs) I also don't think it's a squid. I think it's an octopus. It's not. I think it's Um, a giant octopus. It isn't. So while they may (laughs) share many characteristics, it is their penchant of mayhem and sheer size that truly sets them apart. And while it may seem easy to dismiss their existence, it is important to note that brilliant minds since Aristotle have been talking about the legendary creature. And even the esteemed zoologist Carl von Linn, known as Linnaeus, who holds a revered place in the scientific community as the father of biological systematics, believed in the Kraken wholeheartedly. In his notable work, The Systema Naturae, published in 1735, Linnaeus dedicated a section to describe the kraken as a genuine organism. And it was only a short time later that zoologist Pierre Denis de Montfort conducted studies on colossal cephalopods inspired by reports from ship captains who claimed to have encountered massive tentacles at sea. Seeking evidence to support these accounts, de Montfort referenced ancient artwork and cited instances of ship disappearances as possible indications of the existence of these colossal creatures. In a rather bold assumption, after the disappearance of 10 ships in 1782, de Montfort attributed the blame to the Kraken. So this is similar to like the dragon conundrum, where we can go back in almost all of written, documented, painted human history and see some sort of cited instance of a Kraken. So, and yeah, like I said, I've seen, I have seen the giant squid that come up during the daylight. I don't even know what's going on at nighttime. Yeah. So I, it's like, we've said it a million times. We will always beat this dead horse. We know more about outer space, which has no limit that we have found. We know more about that than we do about our own oceans. It's true. So if there's a giant, clearly a giant octopus, that's exactly what it is. If that is in the ocean, I believe it. Yeah, I would believe in a giant octopus. And I would also believe in the especially distinct giant kraken, which is not an octopus. <laughs> um, in fact, Noel, consider this story. In the year 1848, something extraordinary happened aboard the frigate De Eldelis. And you know what? I was like, what the fuck is a frigate? Yeah, what is a frigate? It's just a little boat that you use oars. 
but it's like especially distinct from like a rowboat. It freaking sounds like a slur. It does sound like a slur, but I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, can I just put like a little rowboat? But it was like apparently distinct from that. Like I went on a side quest because first I had to look up how the fuck you pronounce that. Mm -hmm. I was like, frigate? What? And then, uh, (laughs) that's like escape. Escape? Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And it's just like a little boat with oars. Stupid. Mm. Yeah. But I imagine it's what you see people in when they're rowing out to their ships because the ships are on the shore. Isn't that what Captain Hook was on when the alligator came to eat him and stuff? Yeah. I think it's just a frigate. Yeah. It's a freaking frigate. A frigate. So the sailors had a close encounter with a sea creature of immense proportions, estimated to be around 60 feet in length, causing quite a stir. Notably, Sir Richard Owen, the renowned figure who coined the term dinosaur, put forth the notion that what the sailors saw was merely a seal. Wow. I never thought I would be so uh, um, first invigorated that we were talking about the man who came up with the term dinosaur only to be let down mercilessly when he said merely a seal. Yeah. That's how I feel when you're like, it's just a squid. You're so fucking wrong about that because I never said it was squid. I said it was a giant octopus. So you're just wrong all the way around. (laughs) This sparked a heated and longstanding debate between Owen and the captain of the Daedalus. I feel like I'm going to pronounce that different every time. That's fine. We know I'm just going to call it the da-da. Uh, the <laughs> captain firmly asserted that they were well acquainted with the appearance of fucking seals and knew what they encountered was something entirely different. Similar observations were made in 1845, which Owen also dismissed, until finally the year 1873 when a colossal squid was caught by a fisherman. This discovery shed new light on the previous encounters vindicating the captain's claims and providing evidence to support that there are 100% things in the ocean that we may want to write off as being seals or manatees. But time and time again, we are bound to discover something new. You know, I'm not the smartest person by any means. This podcast is proof of that. But I would know what a fucking seal looks like Versus, like, a colossal squid. Like, what the fuck? How how do you mistake those how two things? piss would you be if you looked someone dead in the eye and you were like, I saw a giant fucking squid and they with their whole chest perked up and bit, was like, no, I think you mean an octopus. No, you're so wrong because those are basically the same guy. <laughs> They're not same guy, different fonts. The proportions of an octopus in terms of its tentacles is vastly different than a squid's body with its tentacles. Well, there is an because absolute- I've never said you know what that makes it was me a squid. S- I said it was a giant. You know what octopus. makes me so mad is I Just read like a megalodon is a giant shark. I spent like forty five minutes reading through the most boring research about why the. F- fucking kraken is a squid and then they even put up the comparisons of how it couldn't be an octopus and i'm like no one's gonna fucking challenge us on this and now look at me egg on my face you know what noel (laughs) i just thank you for keeping me honest 
when uh-huh. it comes to my research yeah. and knowing that I need to cross every T and dot every I. I hope yeah. I can be better for you. Yeah, I hope that you are better, honestly, probably in the next five sentences where you don't say that I said it's a squid because I never said it was a squid. I said it was a giant octopus. So if you could stop misquoting me, that would immediately make you better. Also, consider the idea <laughs> that sometimes it's boots on the ground or boots on the ocean, so to speak. Who are the authorities in these cases that we should be listening to in such matters? Because more often than not, they are 100% correct in their assertions that no, it wasn't a giant fucking seal. Ooh, that would make yeah. me so mad. It's like going to the doctor now where you're like, I don't feel good. And they're like, you need more sleep. And then like your leg is like actively broken. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm like, but the leg and they're like, drink more water. It's like, I, the water is the modern day seal. And I'm fucking yeah. sick of it. Well, it's like, what are your point of references? Because like, I would mistake a dog for a seal in the water more than I would a fucking colossal squid. Like that, that's just willful ignorance, honestly. And it is, yeah. Frankly, very typical for a man of the time. Very typical indeed. (laughs) A captain who is like a career captain, modern day, could be like, before you get on this ship, you need to eat a raw onion or your insides are going to turn to slush. I'd be like, yes, sir. I hate mm-hmm. onions, but you're the expert in this field, and yeah. I would just eat one happily. And you know what? If someone was like, you're an idiot, you didn't need to do that, I'm like, I'm not arguing with this guy. It's the same way you, like, don't argue with, like, grandma's homemade, like, recipe for making you not feel sick anymore, you know? Yeah. She's like, yeah. you need to put cayenne pepper on a lemon and eat it. I'm like, that's exactly what I need to do. Thank you, grandma. Yeah. Anyway, let's dive into one of the most noted encounters with a kraken which occurred on November 17th, my mom's birthday, of 1861. Um, Oh, speaking of Cayenne, during its voyage to Cayenne, a French Corvette, which is a small (gasps) warship, but you have to fucking call them a a Corvette because they are legally distinct from. Wow. I don't understand boating terminology. Little red Corvette. (laughs) So called the (laughs) Alicton, was navigating near... Mm-hmm. You got it. Sounded I out. even wrote it out phonetically, and people are going to be like, you're so stupid. Tenerife? Tenerife. Tenerife? The, uh, navigating near the Canary Islands. There you go. As One ship, of yeah. the Canary Islands. <laughs> As the ship approached the land, a lookout on the crew noticed a particularly um, large, partially submerged body on the water surface and alerted the captain to its presence. Now, Captain Boyer had heard reports of giant squid before and was pretty familiar with them himself as a long-tenured man of the ocean. He had come across mutilated and decomposed pieces of giant squid before, as well as seen like similar documentation about them, which had come out of Denmark in the 1840s. However, as the crew and captain observed the creature in the water, it became apparent that they were not observing the standard squid. Determined to capture the creature, Captain Boyer instructed the crew to fire muskets, large harpoons, and one sailor, sailor even attempted to ensnare the creature with a noose. The muskets ain't fucking doing it, brothers. It nope. is not. The muskets <laughs> barely killed people. <laughs> yeah. Just like an infection weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the bullet seemed, as Noel would point out, uh, the bullet seemed to have little to no effect on the squid's <laughs> rubbery body, excluding yeah, the shit. arms. 
which had chunks blown from them with each well-placed shot from the musket. And the it would later die three weeks later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after it was eaten by a whale <laughs> yeah, in an unrelated case. Um, the crew estimated that the creature was about 40 feet in length, and they struggled with it for roughly seven hours. It's too Eventually, long. I would have given after seven I know, minutes. I'd be like, let it go. Yeah. Um, Eventually, old Noose Man came through, and they succeeded in lassoing a rope around the creature's body. However, due to its immense weight, which the crew estimated to be about two tons, or 4,000 pounds, their attempt to haul it aboard resulted in its body tearing completely apart, leaving only a tiny tip of its tail weighing over 30 pounds on the ship's deck. Also, brutal. I don't know if you've seen... First of all, how does anyone know what 4,000 pounds sounds like? It's just like making up numbers. Like, okay... Uh, second of all, have you seen pictures of when cars hit moose? I don't want to. No. Okay. Well, I'm not. But saying I'm sure it it's brutal. It's brutal. It's insane. The gore and mess and nonsense that like it will literally fill a backseat of a car with like shit and intestines. I can only imagine what this motherfucker tearing in half was like oh my god yeah the brutality of man yeah just anything minding its own business timeless some might say (laughs) so regardless (laughs) captain buyer was determined to have the tale examined and documented as it was something related to the squids he had seen on his previous voyages the fragmentary sample of the creature's tail was indeed sent to a museum for further examination However, by the following year in 1862, scholars were unable to confirm whether the specimen remained preserved. And to this day, the sample from Captain Bouyer has yet to be examined or studied. Now, fear not. I know we have been going in pretty hard on keeping squids and kraken similar but legally distinct from each other for a pretty significant reason. And that's because, just like Nessie and the Meg... The Kraken is most likely an enduring creature from our past. Yeah, a thousand percent. Duh. Yeah, let's fucking get into it. But first, I want to start with the Ichthyosaurs species, which was, I wish people could see how shitty that was spelled, which were basically a group of marine- You could tell them I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-S-A-U-R-S. It's just, I can barely pronounce regular words. It's I the can't even C-H- pronounce map. C-H-T-Y-O-S next to each other is foul, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. horrendous. Yes. So, these terribly spelled animals were basically a group of marine animals from 250 million years ago, which basically resembled a mix between a fish and a dolphin. They're roughly the size of blue whales, and their fossils display some pretty interesting characteristics, such as being bro- uh crushed completely and then placed on the ocean floor in pleasing patterns while it may sound like a prequel to the meg researchers proposed an intriguing theory in 2011 claiming that they may know what got got the ichthyosaurs because smack dab in the middle of these peculiar bone arrangements tends to lay the fossilized beak of what could only belong to a big ass kraken Mark McMenamin, we're just going to call him Mark, a paleontologist from Mount Holyoke College, Massachusetts, 
presented these findings at the annual meeting of the Geological Society of America and introduced the idea that the Kraken was indeed real and wasn't something the Norse simply made up for the love of the game. He mentioned the ichthyosaurs bones discovered in the Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park, Nevada, may have been manipulated for amusement. What do you mean? Like in a sideshow? Let me tell you. Okay. I will say you're going to come at me for this because it mentions octopi. Great. It is worth noting that modern octopuses are known to manipulate objects like bones and shells to construct middens, which are essentially underwater dams made out of shell and bone-like debris to conceal the entrances to their dens. If you look in that picture there, you will see this octopus has like a little line Mm -hmm. and up along the wall in the background of shells and bones placed in a semi-decorative way. So it's almost like... It's almost like an octopus. It's almost like they're the same. But it's a squid. Um, And since everyone knows how smart the modern octopus is, Mark doubles down on this discovery that the arranged bones could be the earliest indications of cephalopod intelligence. And initially met with skepticism, Mark now presents further evidence to support his theory. He argues that natural processes such as currents or mud compaction could not have accounted for the bone arrangements. The unique shape of the bones makes it highly improbable for currents to have naturally positioned them in such an organized manner. And this organization is the most compelling evidence that an intelligent creature intentionally arranged the bones and shells that they found. I love octopuses are so fucking cool. They're so cool. They're so smart. They're so fucking sick. And they're also into interior design. They're everything we want to be, but have evolved into the bullshit that prevents us from being happy. If we would have not walked out of the water, if that one fish hadn't have come out of the ocean, we would just be octopus. And I think, you know what octopuses don't have? credit scores so i just think we were really supposed to be you know that. what they have the natural credit score and it's a fucking 850 is that the highest credit score is an 850 i think so it doesn't matter i wouldn't know because it's I not wouldn't real. Know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, another significant finding is a second example of this peculiar bone pattern this instance comes from the ichthyosaur i didn't put the phonetic ichysaur the ichysaur fossil previously displayed at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas Museum of Natural History. Oh, that just rolls off the tongue now, doesn't it? Oh, I can pronounce that. A curator shared a photograph of the fossil with Mark, revealing scattered bones that had been displaced from their original positions within the skeleton. Adjacent to them was a double row of vertebrae arranged in the same configuration as the original ichysaur remains. The rib cage of this museum specimen displayed damage, suggesting the potential constriction by the tentacles of a large deep sea predator. Enthralled by the museum photograph, Mark embarked on a field expedition back to the Berlin Ichysaur State Park. There, he and his team searched for more cephalopod evidence among the fossils weathering out of the rocks. And astonishingly, they found it. One of the fossils they collected was a peculiar pointed object that Mark nearly discarded, mistaking it for a fish. However, upon closer examination, he observed non-fish-like fibers running through it, leading him to preserve it. 
And months later, he acquired a modern Humboldt squid beak from an online marketplace and compared it to the ancient fossil. <laughs> I just imagined him on Facebook Etsy. Marketplace. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Humboldt squid beak, $50 or trade. He's like, oh my God, hello. Is this yeah, the, run, 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 yeah. <laughs> the fracturing patterns and fibers were a match, leading Mark to believe that he may have discovered the beak of an elusive Triassic sea kraken. And according to Mark, the fossil finding confirms the existence of giant cephalopods in the region during that time period. Isn't that weird? That like it was in the fucking Nevada, dude. That yeah, so man. blows my mind. I'm like, I know that like Bonneville was there, but I just yeah. uh, my lizard brain is always like, no, I live in a desert. Yeah, we live in technically what was the bottom of an ocean. That's so fun. I know it's going to come back, baby. It's coming back, baby. Let's go. Woo! The evidence suggests that the ichisaur may have fallen victim to an attack from a significantly larger predator. This would have been larger than a fucking blue whale. This new evidence adds weight to the intriguing, intriguing theory of massive kraken-like creatures that once, once inhabited the Triassic seas and may still be terrorizing sailors to this day. God only hopes that it reemerges to help fight the good fight with the orcas, killing every fucking yacht and boat on the damn ocean from here to Christmas. Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Bet. That's what yeah. I am talking about, you know? And as Liam Neeson said, release the Kraken. See, didn't it feel good? <laughs> it felt bad. It felt awkward. Um, you know, the the destruction of capitalism starts with the destruction of every yacht by the orcas and kraken. So the, maybe the down, join. The downfall of capitalism will come from the uprising of the orcas. And that's yeah, poetic. That is. Dude, I love it. I hope they kill every fucking boat. Me too, and I man. Say that. Yeah, and I say that as a person who, like, would prefer boats as a means of, of travel. But you mm -hmm. know what? I know where I'm not wanted. I've always been a boat hater, and I've especially been a yacht hater, and I am almost certainly a cruise hater. And these are facts. Um, so knowing that the orcas are taking them down, and hopefully with the assist of a giant squid or kraken or giant octopus, whatever you want to call it... Um, it's just delicious to me. I'm excited. And you know, you know actually what also. So <laughs> footage came out today of a pod of orcas in Monterey Bay, California, which is like unheard of. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, they're organizing, which was funny. But also, this this is it, baby. This is it. There's like one fucking orca still in captivity in something that is smaller than your middle-class America pool in the water. Someone took an aerial view with a drone recently and it, look it up. It's horrific. The water is like tinted green, literally smaller than a swimming pool. And it's just brushing itself against like the barriers of the walls. And um, they're not going to, it's not even public. It's not even visible. They're just, keeping it to fucking torture it i assume and i just this is it like this is what i always wanted i always wanted the orcas to have revenge for what sea world did mm -hmm. and now they are and i think it's yeah. perfect it is 
beautiful. It's poetic. Um, I can't wait. There's some like big ocean boat race with like expensive ass boats, not yachts, but like expensive racing boats happening. And the last leg is uh, about to start and fingers crossed, you know, that we have some, um, orcas destroying the boats. They rip out the rudders. They make them incapable of moving, um, which is also interesting as we talked about on Patreon last week. It's because one of the rudders hit the mother orca. Mm -hmm. And so that's all they do. They just rip that out. And it's just like, just shows how smart they are and how we deserve their punishment. So I will say I'll make the call right now because our orca shirts that we launched are doing well. 100% of the proceeds from that we will donate to the orcaconservancy.org, which is a Washington State 501c3 nonprofit organization working on behalf of the killer whale and protecting the wild places on which it depends. Hell yeah, baby. That's what I like to hear. My dream growing up was I was watching Sea Shepherd um, first experience to veganism. I was watching them fucking take down whalers and take down shark fin hunters. And I was like, this is my dream. Uh, it never manifested, unfortunately, but I hope that we get to do, even if it's 0.005% of uh, doing something good for that cause, it means the world to me. Yeah, please. Even if you donate, We'll send it. We'll do the same thing we always do. If you want to donate, we'll send you the art for the shirt. If you mm-hmm. don't want to buy a shirt, mm-hmm. fucking just do it. Yeah, we have do it. to give money to these organizations. Like we have to, because we are not close enough to go out and spear these fucking yachty Ahabs to their goddamn hearts. We have to do it with our money as a landlocked society. Yeah, as a landlocked state, we've got to do that. Yeah. Um, And speaking of freeing yourselves from the chains, you can find a link tree link in all of our bios. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. I am at Noelle Fain. That is at Sith Lard. And in that link tree, you can find a link to our Patreon. New episode every week. A dollar gets you in. Um, Fun one. Fun one this week, baby. And by fun, I mean full of existential dread. Um... And we also have a link to our merch, obviously, which includes the um, joining the war on the Orca side. And we also have the Drag is Not a Crime. We also have the Protect Trans Kids. We have two uh, actually new designs for the the Trans Kids like donation project push that we're doing. Um, super fun, super cool. And we also have a link to Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl on Etsy. She makes all of our cool stickers and shit and bandanas and pins. And she also makes cool stuff in general. So go check her out. We have links to our Discord server, our Facebook group for the boomers. And I don't know why you need it, but all the ways to listen to us, which is honestly anywhere podcasts are heard. We pay a pretty fucking penny for that. So you better be listening everywhere. It's expensive, actually. <laughs> Just getting ready to come up, dude. I'm, I'm oh, terrified. no. Yeah, make sure there's money in the... <laughs> dude, that I is think scary. It's when scary. I tell people how much it costs, they're like, why don't you use the money from your merch store to pay for it? And I'm like, we don't want to be sellouts, man. We can't be sellouts, <laughs> As, man. And they're like, you've been eating ramen for six months because of how fucking expensive it is. And I'm like, you want to know never sold out? 
ramen because it's still fucking affordable. The same day ramen raises its prices is the day we'll start dipping into the merch store funds, but today's not that day and tomorrow's not that day either. That's the truth of it all, man. That is the truth of it all. Um, And speaking of the truth, I want to give a shout out, as always, to the number one, the number one of my heart. Um, A quick, hearty, and heartfelt Hail Satan. Um, I'm going to say Hail the Cephalopods that will hopefully rise up from the ocean floors to assist in this war. And I say Cephalopod Noel because I realize octopus and squid, that debate's not the enemy. Capitalism's the enemy, and it's time to finally fucking come together. That is true. I will give a hail to that as well because you're spot on with it. So let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, bye. Bye.